0: Oh, we praise your name, Lord Oh, we lift you high You're so good The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice Here I in light, darkness tries to hide.
1: Well, before we get into the message, let's read our scripture for today. It is from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. And if you are able, I would invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Doesn't our culture love the idea of independence? I mean... We have a holiday, July 4th. I mean, it's an honorable holiday to celebrate our independence as a country. But I think it goes down to each of us as people, as individuals. We want to be independent. We don't want anybody to tell us how to live. I determine my own fate. I march to the beat of my own drummer. I am my own man or my own woman, and I do my own research. We love this guy right? We know who this is. The lone ranger. The lone Texas ranger out solving crimes, catching bad guys, doing the good on his own. We idolize the idea of being independent, beholden to no one, secure in ourselves and no one else. And we feel that if we have to rely on others that that can be a sign of weakness, that if we need to ask for help, it can feel like we're, we're not living up to a standard, and it can feel awkward and weird. Today we wrap up our series of joining Jesus on his mission, which has been inspired by this book of the same name by Greg Finke, if you haven't heard about it enough already. Um, I would encourage you to go purchase it if you haven't, read through it yourself, And what I don't want to leave you with today is the idea that if you just read this book, you alone can go and do everything that God is asking for you by yourself independently like a Lone Ranger Christian. Because if you think that, you haven't read the last chapter. I'm here to basically tell you that there are no Lone Ranger Christians. We need each other. If you read through the Bible... You'll come across the word you a lot. And we can read it, we think, oh, that's, that's me, that's an individual. Sure, but actually the you in the Bible is often plural. It's referring to a group of people, a bunch of people. Famous passages like Jeremiah 29 11, For I know the plans I have for you. That's for the group of children of Israel who are exiled in Babylon. James 14.2, my father's house, or John 14.2, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have not told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? Jesus is talking to his disciples. James 1.3, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. You and your is the church that James is writing The letter to that he loves, it's not an individual, it's a group. Our new children's intern, Grace, I wish she was here. She's from the South. She would appreciate this. You basically should just say y'all, right? Whenever you come across those yous. If we're going to join Jesus on his, his mission, as we've seen in previous messages where Pastor Mike talked about Jesus sending out the disciples two by two, Jesus called 12 disciples. It was always a group activity. If we're going to join Jesus on his mission, we need each other. And we need to do this very thing that we're doing right now. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. The answer is the main point that I want to leave you with today, which is this. As everyday missionaries it is critical we gather regularly to hear from God's word, to hear from each other, and encourage each other with the hope that we profess. As everyday missionaries, it is critical we gather regularly to hear from God's word, hear from each other, and encourage each other with the hope that we profess. Large groups, small groups, medium-sized groups, in one way or another, we need groups. We need to be together. We need to meet together. What we hear regularly, though, can have a huge impact on us. And it's important that we gather first and foremost to hear from God's Word. When we hear things repeated, they stick in our minds, and we can recall them easier, right? Like advertisement jingles that get stuck in your head. So let's play a game. Let's name that jingle. Alright, let's play the first one.
0: Blop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a it is.
1: Alka Seltzer. Alright. Good, good. Number
0: two.
1: Folgers. Folgers in your cup. What are you gonna
0: pick?
1: Yes. Trying to cross generations here. It's good. Hot pockets. All right, last one. Kit Kat Bar. You guys did good. Give yourselves a round of applause. Now, the importance of gathering together as Christians is not just that we come to see people that we like. Hear a couple and sing a couple catchy songs. Hear somebody give a lecture and then go have coffee. Everybody's laughing. He's like, ooh, that sounds awkwardly familiar. That's not why we come, because otherwise that's just a social club or a really odd concert. What's important is that we are centering ourselves around God's word. That we've come to hear the words of Jesus repeated over and over week in week out day in and day out so they get stuck in our heads like those commercial jingles so when we're walking around we can instantly recall them we want them to be so part of our we want these words to be so much a part of our lives that informs all that we do and how we interact with our neighbors when we are out there joining Jesus on his mission We have to know Jesus first to discern him above all of the other noise that is out there, above all of the other jingles and songs demanding your attention. Jesus has to be the first thing that we hear. We have to see him as the center of everything that we do. In the book, the author tells the story of a guy that he was mentoring who was a soldier and he was serving in Afghanistan. And he was confessing, like, it's hard to see Jesus at work as a soldier in Afghanistan. I can't, I can't see it. But the author worked with the guy and ultimately found out that he was kind of an artist and wanted to be a tattoo artist. He's like, why don't you just use that and see what happens? So he started to offer his gift to his friends in Afghanistan. And if you are unaware of getting a tattoo, it can take a while. And oftentimes, conversations happen. And it was in the midst of doing that with his fellow servicemen while he was giving them tattoos that conversations happened. And they started to confess and talk about what was troubling them. And he had opportunities to share Jesus with them even in that moment. Because he was realizing that Jesus was at the center of every possible moment. Even if you're sitting down giving a tattoo to somebody. We have to have Jesus at the center. John's revelation at the very end of your Bibles, which we'll be getting to after Advent, gives us this image right at the beginning. Revelation chapter 1, verse 12 says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. Those lampstands are images of the church. And that Son of Man in the midst of the lampstands is Jesus. We have to know and have to be reminded regularly that Jesus is here. Jesus is out there. Jesus is with the people that he wants to reach. And we can join him out there wherever he is at. These regular gatherings that we have remind us that Jesus is in the middle. He is at the center around which everything orbits. Now, some people are closer in orbit to Jesus than others, but everybody kind of moves. But Jesus is the center, and when we join him on his mission, the more that we are trained to hear from him, the more we're able to see and discern where he is at work in the world around us, because he is in the center of it all. And as people tell us stories about themselves, where they're hurting where they need hope, where they need love. We, the, the jingle of Jesus, if you will, should start echoing in our heads. And we can say, ah, I see where Jesus is at work here. I see where I can join him on mission. Because we've gathered regularly to hear from his word so that it is in us. It is a part of us. Like I said, as everyday missionaries, it is critical we gather together regularly to hear from God's Word, primary. But also, we need to gather together to hear from each other. Because if we just listen to ourselves, we can get into a little bit of trouble. I mean, you can sing in the shower, that's great, but how do you really know if you're on key or if you're seeing the song right? Back to that kind of independence thing, we like to just do whatever we want. But if we just listen to ourselves, we can tend to believe in ourselves and our own experiences first. And often that's not the whole truth or even close to the real truth. We can get so stuck on what we are believing and saying and thinking as individuals that we can think we're the only ones who have it all right. We're the only ones who have the truth and have the right stories. And when we think we're the only one who has it right, our temptation is to just haul off into a corner by ourselves where no one else is, where no one's going to challenge you. Where you can be all by yourself with my own thoughts, I can think my own songs, read my own Bible, and have my own Jesus. This is not an issue that is new to the church at all. Some scholars actually think that that is why the author of Hebrew writes that people are giving up meeting together. Sure, there might have been persecution, which would have made meeting together dangerous, but think about the group of Christians that were gathering initially Jews, Gentiles, men, women, freedmen, slaved people, Roman citizens, non citizens, rich, poor. There's going to be some disagreements. But the challenge of Jesus has always been that you gather together because you are in Christ first and foremost and not any of these other things that define you. But our temptation is to let those other things define us. And we don't get to hear from each other. Moving on down church history lane a little bit, we get to John Calvin. Well, he, where he writes in his commentary on Hebrews, he says, It is an evil which prevails everywhere among mankind that everyone sets himself above others. That individuals would gladly make churches for themselves if they could, for they find it so difficult to accommodate themselves to the ways and habits of others. We need each other. We need each other. Why? Why? We need to hear of the wider, greater, and unimaginable stories of where God is at work, not just in our lives, but in the world around us. We need to hear and learn from the places where Jesus is at work, out there in the world, where other people are joining Jesus on his mission. I need to hear how God and Jesus are at work on Nevada Union High School. I don't have high schoolers yet, but I need to know. How Mark and Mike are working with FCA, with his son Josh, and how God is stirring even on the Nevada Union High School. I don't quilt. I don't knit. I'm not a part of that group. But I need to walk down and hear from the quilters when they're meeting as to how God is working even among a group of people who are knitting together beautiful works of art. And how God is bringing people in to have conversations even in those moments. I need to hear how God is at work in prisons, Mark, I know you have a heart for that, where it feels like God and Jesus is completely absent, but we know that God is at work even in the darkest places. I need to help out with Santa shop and hear how God is at work even amongst the least of these as somebody grabs the hand of a child and walks them over here to buy presents for their family. We need to hear how God is active and present in the lives of people around us, especially because following Jesus is often hard. Sometimes God can feel silent. The work of joining Jesus on mission might feel hard or fruitless. There are distractions, sin, doubt, frustrations, and all sorts of other things can sneak in to try to derail us from this mission that Jesus wants wants us to join him on. I need to hear from people of how God is still working. We need to hear from each other to see the wide story of what God wants to do in this county and in this world. This reminds us that Jesus is always at the center, always at work in our lives. Remember, plural, you, us, we. And let us consider, the verse says today, As everyday missionaries, it is critical that we gather regularly to hear from God's Word, to hear from each other, and finally, to encourage each other. When we hear from each other, hopefully we are encouraging each other, but the Bible doesn't call us family for a reason. Families have a unique ability to prod and poke and irritate, don't they? There's even this word in the reading today where it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another. Some of your translations may say, Let us consider how we may provoke one another or stir up. That Greek word elsewhere in Scripture is often in the negative, in that like negative spurring or inciting towards anger or violence or, you know, pushing somebody a little too far. And it's real easy to do that. I mean, it's tempting to just poke and poke and annoy and and irritate. I mean, like I said, we're family, right? Just think about kids in the back of a car. This is the line. Don't cross the line. She's, She's looking at me. Heard them all. Spouses. You live with somebody long enough, you know what buttons to push if you want to get a reaction. And we all have that one relative that when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner knows just what topic to bring up to irritate everybody. And sometimes we do that even here in church. We know what bugs people. We know what will get them riled up, what will incite them towards anger or negative feelings. This is also why social media is so huge. Negative. Negative incitement is what drives it. I've scrolled through it recently, and I'm surprised how negative it is all the time. Because that's what gets people looking. That's what gets people clicking. That's what gets people staying there. The word for it is being a troll, that you're on there just to incite more negativity and not inspire anybody to anything good. Just so you can get noticed. And I can't imagine there wasn't much difference in the church the author of Hebrews was addressing. That's why he said people might have been giving up meeting together. Just that constant poke, 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 poke. You don't belong here. You're not a Roman citizen. You don't wear the right clothes. You didn't show up on time. Poke, poke. The author flips it though, right? It says not to provoke to anger or to incite any kind of negative feelings, but it says to spur or provoke one another on towards what? Love and good deeds. Ooh, that flips the script, doesn't it? Eugene Peterson's message paraphrase says, let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. What if we were imaginative with our love? Inventive with our encouragement. And I think it's easy to see the negative in those who challenge Jesus. Pharisees, teachers of the law, the leaders at the time, Jesus would do something and they would just poke at him. They tested him constantly because they had a different agenda and they wanted to get some kind of negative reaction out of him. But to use our imaginations, we just have to think like Jesus, right? We have to have Jesus already in our hearts and minds and just look at how Jesus interacted with those around him. He blew people's minds with his love and generosity and graciousness and mercy. The calling of Matthew that we've talked about. He was not the typical disciple that anybody wanted on the team. Sinner, tax collector. Why do we want this guy here? Jesus healed lepers by touching them. You're not supposed to do that, Jesus. You're going you're to get leprosy. You're going to get infected. No, Jesus says, I need to touch them, to heal them, to treat them like people. Jesus, when confronted with the woman caught in adultery, when she's thrown before Jesus, caught in the act, shamed out of her mind. Jesus, the law says we should stone her. What do you say we should do? Jesus says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone and everybody walks away. Woman, who is here to condemn you? No one, sir. Neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Washing the feet of his disciples, Jesus has been the leader, the teacher, the rabbi, the authority for these 12 men for at least three years. They have this huge respect for him. He's healed people. He's raised people from the dead. He's displayed that he is the Messiah, that he is God come down to earth. And before he eats his last meal with them, he takes off his robe, he kneels in front of them, and he washes their feet, blows their mind. So much so that Peter doesn't want to do it, but Jesus says this is how it's supposed to be, and now you get to go and do the same. We need to be inventive and creative like Jesus when it comes to encouraging each other, to loving on each other, to showing and demonstrating the grace and mercy that Jesus showed to everybody he came in contact with. Even those that wanted to prod him and provoke him and incite him towards anger, Jesus loved each and every one of them too. As everyday missionaries, it is critical that we gather together regularly to hear from God's word, to hear from each other, and to encourage each other with the hope that we profess. That last point is the big why. Why should we do this? Because we need hope. We need the hope that Jesus offers in his word. We need to remind each other of that hope over and over and over again because it's going to get hard. Because life is going to creep in. Sin is going to creep in. But we need to hear from God and hear from each other and encourage each other of that hope. On page 155 of the book, Greg Finke writes, With a little help from our friends, we can press through these times and continue the mission adventure with Jesus. Because we have the jingle of Jesus ringing in our heads. And we've heard the stories of how God is at work around each and every one of us. And in our lives and in our communities. And we've encouraged each other through these tough times. A couple ways that we can do this very actively today. Uh, First of all, the prayer team will be available over in the prayer room. This is one way that we as a church and a group can encourage each other, can hear stories, can listen, and lift each other up in prayer. Another way, in your handout, in your bulletin, uh, there are these five questions. When we seek the kingdom, we should ask, how did you see God at work this week? When we want to hear from Jesus, we should ask, what has Jesus been teaching you in his word? When we're talking with people in groups, what kind of conversations are you having with pre-Christians, those outside? Doing good, what good can we do around here, wherever you're at? And ministering through prayer, how can we help you in prayer? This is a guide for any group, small group, medium group that you are involved in who wants to join Jesus on his mission. This is one way that when you gather together that you can hear from God, you can hear other stories, and you can be reminded of the hope that we all have so that we can go and join Jesus on his mission. If you're part of a group, feel free to use this. If you would like to be part of a group that wants actively to join Jesus on his mission, and would like—I'm not saying that any of you are not joining Jesus on his mission— but that wants to go through these five things regularly to see how we are active and involved in joining Jesus out in the world, I would like to start a group with that focus. My goal is to start it in January after we get through holidays and all of that kind of stuff. So, if you are somebody who would like to be part of a group where the focus is what we've been talking about through this series and in this book, please come talk to me after service and again we're not starting till January so don't feel pressured to respond to me right now or today but you can find me you know where I work my email is all over the bulletin and on the website but uh, I would love to start a group where that is our focus that we are going to gather together to work through these questions and our focus is to join Jesus on his mission don't feel like you have to abandon your group if you, if you love it, you want to be part of it, that's great. But if you want that, I would encourage you to come, come speak to me. Again, the reminder of the point, because again, it's a jingle I want you to go home with. As everyday missionaries, it is critical we gather regularly to hear from God's word, hear from each other, and encourage each other with the hope we profess. Amen?
0: Oh, we sing hallelujah to the king Cause he's worthy of it all He deserves it all Come on, let's declare this this morning, sing it out So come on, my soul Oh, don't you get shy on me and Lift up your soul Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Hey So come on my soul Oh don't you get shy on me Lift up your song.